This is an Algoa FM news exclusive. For the past year now, we've been reporting on the Vicky to Blanche murder. And it's all about Arnold and the role players in her murder. And it just got me thinking, who was this Vicky really? Because all we know about her is that she died a horrible death at the hands of people she thought loved and cared about her. So I needed to dig deeper. And on the anniversary of her murder, I wanted to tell Vicky's story. But how do you tell a story of someone who's no longer there to tell it? Well, that's why I started digging, finding people, reaching out, looking for answers. And I wrote my story, which I will now read for you. A woman who lights up the room, a best friend, a lover of silly jokes, a great laugh, a good mother with a heart of gold and a desire to be happy and free. These are just some of the words used to describe Slenkobecha mother Vicky Terblanche, a stark contrast to the picture painted by her alleged killers and estranged husband Arnold, who wanted everyone to believe that she was a drug addict and an unfit mother. Speaking to those close to Vicky, a clear picture emerged of a woman who was imprisoned in a loveless marriage where she was controlled to such an extent that she was told what to wear, when to speak, how to act and to know her place. For roughly 20,000 rand a month, Vicky was paid a salary to do what she was told and to run the household exactly the way Arnold liked it. It also came with the unwritten rule that she was not allowed to work or own any assets besides the assets he paid for, her breasts. If any of these rules were not followed, it would reflect in her bank account at the end of the month. Two days before Christmas in 2006, Vicky's late father, Wim At, walked her down the aisle to present his most precious possession to Terblanche. But according to a friend who spoke to Algo FM News on condition of anonymity, Vicky's father had no time for Arnold. While driving to the church on the day of her wedding, he gave her one last chance to change her mind and said he would have no hesitation in turning the car around. All she had to do was say the word. I should have listened to my father, is something that Vicky would often say when the alleged abuse from her husband became untenable. Fourteen years later, the marriage of Arnold and Vicky would be on the rocks. And while the country was stuck in a nationwide lockdown due to COVID-19, Vicky found out about his infidelity with a much younger woman. Vicky's cousin, Leonie, who spoke exclusively to Algoa FM News, says she heard about Crystal Wiggle while driving back from the Treblanche's 6.5 million rand home in St. Francis Bay, where they had celebrated Vicky's 41st birthday. She showed me a picture and said, Cuz, this is the woman my husband is with in East London. Little did Vicky know that the photo taken at her birthday celebration with her grey jersey and beautiful smile would go viral on social media and become an image forever associated with an unthinkable tragedy. This would be Vicky's last birthday. A year later, she was lying dead in a shallow grave in green bushes on the outskirts of Kobecha. Ironically, she was also due in court the next day for her divorce proceedings with Arnold, where the fight over custody of their minor child was at the forefront. Leonie says the last message she received from Vicky's phone was on the 19th of October in 2021, a day after her murder. 
She now believes that message was sent by Vicky's boyfriend, Reinhard Leach. So who was the real Reinhard Leach? Leonie, who works as a real estate agent in Gauteng, said she spoke to Vicky earlier in October last year to ask for advice on purchasing a camera she needed for work. Vicky enjoyed photography in her spare time and had a great camera she was not willing to sell. Leonie says the message she received on the 19th of October was a picture of a camera which she believed to be Vicky's. I found the message very weird and never responded. I now believe it was Leach who was trying to pawn Vicky's camera off to me, she said. Leonie said on the 22nd of October she messaged Vicky begging her to make contact, but the messages never went through. Others said when they called Vicky on her birthday, the phone didn't even ring. According to the state, Vicky's phone was factory reset and they are continuing their efforts to extract the data from her device. During Vicky's very brief relationship with Leach, she thought she might be expecting and was thrilled when her home pregnancy test confirmed it. But according to Leonie, her daily interactions with the Vicky became less frequent when Leach came into her life until the news about her pregnancy. One day I spoke to Vicky and asked her how the pregnancy was going and she said, cuz, you won't believe it, but I lost the baby. Another source, however, said that once Vicky went to a doctor, it was established that she was never pregnant and her hormones were blamed for the false positive. Speaking to those close to Vicky, it became clear that nobody liked Leach, who seemingly appeared in her life overnight. She insisted to her friends and loved ones that Leach, a former primary school teacher, was a great guy. She also adored his parents, saying that she missed having parental figures in her life. People who knew and loved Vicky were all in agreement that Leach knew exactly how to control her, much like Arnold did. The state's opinion of Leach is that he was just that, a leech. They also called him a lion, a psychopath, who used Vicky as his cash cow to fund his illicit abalone dealings. Leach, who last taught at St. Dominic's Priory, was also a teacher at Kabiga Park and Charlotte Primary Schools, according to the state. However, Leach failed to mention the fact that he was asked to leave two of the schools because of his drug and alcohol habits. Less than a month before Leach appeared in Vicky's life, he miraculously escaped a horror accident on the N2 towards Van Staten's Bridge. The accident claimed the life of well-known stock car champion Mario de Ridder, who's 47, whose son Mario Jr. is now a state witness in the murder of Vicky Ter Blanche. Leach, de Ridder and another friend reportedly had a flat tire when Leach got out to inspect the car. It was then that a truck plowed into their stationary Audi and Mario Sr. died a few days later in hospital. At the time, the Derrider family appointed a lawyer to look into the circumstances that led to the accident. Family lawyer Lunan Mayer told Olga FM News that they were still assisting the family in this regard. Vicky's father died following a long illness which spared him the ordeal of having to bury his daughter his wife and Vicky's mother took her own life not long after her husband died. According to a friend, Vicky accused her mother of being weak and resented her for killing herself. When Vicky's marriage started to unravel, she too thought that taking her life would make her problems disappear. Leonie says she was very close to Vicky during this time, especially after she was released from a hospital following the suicide attempt which was labelled as accidental by some. 
Nevertheless, she did take an overdose of pills, and whether or not it was accidental would not change the fact that Arnold would use this as leverage in his alleged plot to get rid of her. Arnold and his love for money. Money is certainly believed to be Arnold's main driving force. It was what he used to control those around him, seemingly a habit that landed him in prison awaiting trial on a string of charges, including murder, two of conspiracy to commit murder, and no less than seven charges of defeating the ends of justice as set out in two separate charge sheets. According to the state, Arnold bribed officials to circumvent the provisions of his bail and wanted to have a say in selecting the judges deciding on his latest bail application based on new facts. The state submitted that Ter Blanche also wanted to have one of the country's top investigating officers, Kana Swanepoel, removed from the case. Money is at the center of all these allegations. According to Algoefm's source, Vicky would on more than one occasion say that if anything ever happened to her, or if she should disappear, Arnold will be involved. She said he'd done it before, and he had a lot of money to make people disappear. He would make it look like an accident, she would say. Nobody said no to Arnold. Algoifem News reached out to a number of people in an attempt to get an insight into the personas of Vicky and Arnold to Blanche. When it came to describing Arnold, words like passive-aggressive, narcissistic, rude, unpleasant and aggressive were just some of the adjectives used. The state also submitted in papers in court that Terblanche was domineering and dictatorial and that his pattern was established through his numerous previous relationships and marriages. Vicky was his third wife. Terblanche is currently in awaiting trial prisoner at St Albans on more than one occasion asked to have contact visits with his son and girlfriend, which were granted by senior officials whose names are known to Belgo FM News. The last request made by Terblanche was in a handwritten note dated the 16th of August 2022 and addressed to the head of the centre at Medium A at St Albans Prison. A source told Belgo FM News that one of the senior officials at St Albans had met with Arnold's current girlfriend Crystal and the children at a parking lot opposite the Greenacre Shopping Centre where gifts were exchanged. Wiggle has since been given custody of Ted Blanche's teenage son. The allegations of Wiggle taking the child to visit Arnold in prison was the final straw for cousin Leonie, who said she would stop at nothing to get custody of the boy. Leonie's name was mentioned during Arnold's very first bail application as a possible guardian. However, it was said that the child was happy attending a private school in Kobecha and did not want to leave. She says there are many private schools in Gauteng and a move for him would be perfect as he's starting high school next year. Shortly after the Terblanche couple was separated, Arnold told Vicky to move out of their 4 million rand home in an upmarket Mill Park complex as he wanted his lover, Crystal Wiggle, to move in. The lovebirds had been living in his luxury home in St. Francis Bay at the time. Leonie then suggested that Vicky move to Gauteng to help in the business, but leaving her child alone with Arnold was not an option for her. A tearful Vicky eventually cracked under pressure and moved out of the home to a property in another part of the complex. Arnold rented the place for her, but without furniture. Vicky grabbed what she could and moved in with her favorite pots and pans, a pot plant, and her late father's crystal glasses. 
Her first night in her new place was spent drinking a glass of wine on a blanket on the floor. According to Algoa FM's source, Arnold eventually bought Vicky a bed to sleep on and kitted out their son's bedroom with absolutely everything his heart desired. Described as a good father, Arnold reportedly never said no to his son and gave him whatever he wanted. During this time, Vicky had to ask her divorce lawyer to write a letter to Arnold for her to get access to her parents' furniture, which was being kept in storage. He eventually complied, but reportedly dumped the furniture on the sidewalk on a day she wasn't even home. Vicky also became convinced that secret cameras were installed in the house for Arnold to watch her every move. She told those close to her that he would often phone her when he was out of town to question her about what she was doing and why she was visiting friends on a school night. These allegations will have to be tested in court when Arnold Blanche murder trial eventually gets underway. It was also in Vicky's new pad in the Mill Park complex where Leach made himself at home. So, did Vicky have true love or just any love? Long before Leach and Crystal came into the picture, Vicky did feel loved, but not by Arnold. One of the GoFM news sources stated that Vicky had become romantically involved with a woman and said she had experienced true love for the very first time. Arnold was reportedly aware of this relationship and eventually drove her out of Vicky's life because they allegedly would not submit to his sexual fantasies. On the 21st of October 2022, Vicky would have celebrated her 43rd birthday. And who knows how her life would have turned out had she listened to her father on the way to church all those years ago. According to evidence already before the court, Vicky was drugged on the 18th of October 2021 with a Schedule 6 drug called Percocet. She was then suffocated with a pillow by her killer as the drugs wanted to purge out of her system. The next day, Vicky's body was wrapped in her son's bedding and thrown in the back of a BMW while her killers tried to figure out what to do with her body. She was buried in a shallow grave at Greenbushes and her body was found by police on the 23rd of October after being pointed out by a co-accused who is now a state witness. According to the lead investigating officer, Connor Swanepoel, the investigation into Vicky's murder continues to evolve. In his latest affidavit before the court, Swanepoel indicated that the state had established that Vicky was in fact using drugs, most definitely on or around the 12th of October 2021. He also stated that more arrests in the matter were imminent. That, that was an Algoa FM news exclusive.